interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Welcome everyone to my bloody podcast. This is a special news bulletin about the coronavirus on my bloody podcast. <laughs> I'm Brian Kluger, your host and my co-host who I want to ha- who we're both spreading. Whoa, the- where are you going to go there? Ooh, yes. You want to what? I want to, I want to spread with him this Corona, the Wu Tang flu, with Preston Barta. <laughs> I've traveled five hundred miles to give you my virus seed. <laughs> he shot it all over my face. <laughs> my wife's already real proud of this episode. <laughs> Yes. Uh, So, yes, everyone, my bloody podcast, we're here with a very special update. We're going to change the format a little bit. We're doing away with some of our segments because the coronavirus is all over the place. It's affecting film. It's affecting horror movies. It's going to be about the coronavirus today in regards to horror films. So, first off, uh, let's... Let's talk about this. If you were listening to our Unbalanced Note show, the music show, uh, this week, we talked a little bit about South by Southwest, the big music and film festival that goes on in Austin, Texas. Things are canceling. Big names, big celebrities, and big companies have pulled out. Warner Music and Sony Music has pulled out of South by, and now Netflix has pulled out along with Apple and a few other movie studios out of South by. South by Southwest has officially not been canceled, but I would imagine it might be soon or it might be a very small fest happening. It happens March 13th, very, very soon in a matter of like seven days. And Preston, our own Preston, attends South by Southwest every year with our good friend James Cole Clay. I can't imagine your family endorsing South by with you there this year. Yeah, we've already called up um, Jake Gyllenhaal, and he's letting us borrow his bubble boy suit. <laughs> so we're, we should be good. So um, if this happens, please have a camera on you at all times. I want to see what it's like. For a bubble boy to sit in a movie theater. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put a GoPro on the outside or the inside. Yes. Um, yeah, that would be fun. I'll so do that. yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious. Are you scared? Are you still going? Are you definitely going? What What's going through your mind right now of you and your fam? So as of now, I'm still going. Um, there's a lot of other things that are at play for myself involving a job and things like that. But, um, as of now, I'm still planning to go. Uh, I wrote up a 10, the 10 films that I'm most anticipating at the festival. And right when I dropped that article, two of those films pulled out and that was through Apple. And so they had, uh, Beastie Boys documentary called Beastie Boys Story, and it's a live documentary. I was really excited about that. Um, and they also had this A24 documentary that's partnered with Apple called Boys State. And um, so those were the only two that I've been affected by so far. But as long as Green Knight is there, uh, our friend of the show, David Lowry, he, that's his new film. And uh, A24 is putting it out, and it's going to come out in May, but this would be the world premiere. And what else is there? Oh, King of Staten Island, Judd Apatow's movie on Pete Davidson's life, or semi-autobiographical story on his life. Um, So as long as those two there are there, I'm, I'm planning on going. But at the rate of how things are going at the moment... 
I really think it's just a matter of time. I mean, is it is it worth it to risk coronavirus? I mean, I get it. I I I, I fully on the side that it's like a hardcore cold, and then it could it. I mean, you could be cured from it. <laughs> you could recover. If you're just people are careful and washing your hands, but you and I have been to film festivals and music festivals, and yeah, you shake a lot of hands, you bump a lot yeah, of yeah, it's called and... like the fantastic flu or the San Diego Comic Con flu or something like that. When you people go there, you barely get any sleep and you're glad handing and all of this stuff, and you usually come down with something, but now it's the coronavirus and. It's people have freaked out. I'm telling you, people are freaking out. Yeah. Went to Costco yesterday, and they were out of so many things for no apparent reason. <laughs> Probably because uh, they they want to make sure that they get stuff that's already been in through the process already, and they don't have anybody's hands on them yet. That since the outbreak has happened. So that's the only thing I could think of. Get get all the good stuff now before. Um, uh, well, we're we're creating more of a panic here. We're like, oh, this is a good idea. We should go to the store now. No, calm <laughs> down, people. Um, no, that's just the idea that I can think of, or, or what the logic may be behind that. What does your family think about you going this year? Are they just like, be careful, have fun? um i guess so um i I think it's just a lot of it is very panicky it's probably not nearly as especially with some of the films that we may discuss uh or one in particular that i'm going to bring up um it it can just people react uh pretty fast and i understand it um so I don't blame a lot of these uh, films for pulling out, and and I'm okay with it. I'm just kind of rolling with it. I won't be butthurt if it does, in fact, cancel, just because if I'm speaking quite honestly, I'm not too impressed with the lineup this year. Um, there's just been a, there's just like a few that I'm excited about, but they're coming out pretty soon. It's not like we have like a, a green room in there or something like that where it may be a year or so um, before it comes out. Some of these ones that I'm most excited about are coming out before summer or right right during summer. So it's okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, the family seems to be okay with it at the moment. Uh, but I just have a feeling it's just going to happen. It, it, it um, I don't know what they're going to do, but... As of now, I really think that the festival's just waiting until they have, I don't know, a certain percentage of uh, companies that have pulled out so they can take it to the city or whoever that they're getting the insurance money from to show that, uh, yeah, this is – I mean there's there's no way that we can really recover from this if we put it on. We're, we're just going to be losing so much money and – yeah, so, I, you, my, what do you think? Like, let's say you go down there, and somebody in the movie theater just has just a regular <coughs> sneezing Whoa, fit. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, like a coughing fit, and everybody just like panics and rushes out of the theater. But he just like had a sneeze. <laughs> I guarantee you, that's gonna happen if this. Yeah, somebody's if, somebody's writing that movie right now. Um, <laughs> it's a good idea. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that too because I have a little bit of a cough at the moment. It's just just dealing with allergies and things like that, and so um, Preston, do I you just have imagine people. <laughs> yeah, I already got it. Um, yeah, so uh, I, yeah, just people's senses are going to be extremely heightened. <laughs> no, they really are. If I mean, I, I'm really curious on how many, how much talent. How many ticket holders, badge holders, and how many uh, media people have actually canceled? I wonder if it's like ten percent, fifteen percent, or more. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Like with Lionsgate, they pulled out, but they didn't pull out their films. They just uh, pulled out their talent, so they're not sending any talent there. Um, so there's a movie with Michael Shannon called The Quarry uh, that's on the lineup, and so as far as I know, the film will still play, but the talent won't be there. Even though uh, I feel like Michael Shannon's like a walking co- coronavirus, 
<laughs> I love that guy, but man. Oh, that's funny. He looks like he's been some places. Um, right? So so with with this happening, do you do you think that it would be a wise decision to basically cancel the physical aspect of being in Austin for South by and just have everything digitally sent to everybody who bought a ticket or is media. So you could watch it from the safety of your own home and not have to risk anything. Yeah. I think, um, if it does in fact get canceled, there's a lot of small films there that need this attention. I mean, it's movies like the green Knight and, king of staten island people are going to see that but uh it it just kind of helps to create a little positive buzz for it if it's good Uh, but some a lot of these films don't have distribution and they depend on it kind of like sundance a lot of those films need uh people talking about it need uh good words out there um so i could see them potentially any any films that i've may have reached out to to say hey i would like a ticket to see this film uh, or I have uh, press uh, days where I'm interviewing talent. They may say, "Hey, uh, we're we're we'll send you the link," or uh, "We're adding it to the library. We would love for you to still watch and review it if possible." Um, so I could see something like that panning out because it, it, it'd be hard. It's a very unfortunate situation for a lot of different reasons, but I I think it's it's pretty pretty unfortunate for a lot of these films that just highly depend on being on the festival circuit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I would, I would hope that they would just be sending out screeners like basically now because, you know, it is a scary situation. This is not a small festival. This is probably the biggest festival in the world. You know, it brings in over a million people. Yeah. It brings in over a million people to a very small confined city. Uh, that is already a very over overly populated in a small area. So you're bringing in a million people more from all over the globe. Yeah, and not just for film. It's like for tech. And so you think about that, people coming from overseas um, to show off their tech and they may pop into a film or uh, some people who are going to some of those uh, tech conferences may come to see a movie. You know, it, there's just there's a, a lot of different scenarios to play out in your head. Right now, it's it, I think that by stopping or trying to stop the coronavirus in Austin is inevitable. Like it's going to happen, but bringing a million people plus from all over the world here will just intensify it and enhance it. And I feel like if I was in charge of South by, I would cancel it and do it all digitally this year just because people are scared of it, even though I'm on the side of just wash your hands. It'll should be fine. Yeah, maybe wear a mask. And I just I would like to see some of my interviews be like that. I just want to wear some latex (laughs) gloves and a mask and try to. Has make suit. out everything of what people are saying. Yes, yes, I like that. So, moving on from South by, there is a huge tentpole franchise. Let's talk about that. 007 Bond, James Bond, big film coming out very, very soon. However, due to the coronavirus, the Wu Tang flu, they decided to push back, delay the film, not a month. Not two months, but good God till Thanksgiving 2020. That is an over-the-top reaction, I think. However, you know, being released in China where there's a lot of money for Bond and being released here uh, and then over a holiday weekend, they might just... I don't understand. I don't know if people are actively not going to the theater right now. We'll see with this weekend with Pixar's Onward. But to move a bond film months and months and months away just seems crazy due to this coronavirus outbreak. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. On one hand, I do understand it, um, the, the fear there, but that it just seems like, Oh, you know, it's more about more about the money. Um, because we, they want to make as much money as they can, but they also, but they, they probably hide it underneath, uh, the saying of, oh, we just want to make sure as many people can see it as possible that are that have been reaching out to us personally and saying, hey, uh, things are pretty scary in, in our city and we don't know if we're going to be able to see it. And that's what they answered to. Um, so 
I can also speak honestly about this in that I'm excited about the James Bond movie, uh, No Time to Die. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of Carrie Fukunaga, who's directing it, and it's going to be Daniel Craig's last outing as Bond, and the trailer looks cool. But at the same time, I'm like not – I'm okay with it too, just like I'm okay with South by going down. Um, just because – I don't know. I, I'm like excited about it, but I'm not like, oh my god, I need this right now. Um, so – it's just going to be interesting to see how other film studios react to it with some of these other big films coming out and like what that's going to do to the overall box office for the rest of the year. Um, not just cause they're, uh, out of fear of like what could be happening of the coronavirus, but how these other films are going to like schedule their films to release. Cause it could be like very back heavy when like the, the back half of the year is mainly, uh, there for the the awards contenders, and then it's just going to be a lot of blockbusters. So I don't know. Like it's it's an interesting situation to be in, and to wonder like how they're going to handle it. But there's some studios that are just making moves at the moment, and we just have to wait to see how others follow. But right. No, I agree. It's also interesting that Daniel Craig's still doing his <laughs> SNL. Uh, yeah, yes. Guess. Uh, hosting this weekend of course Um, so he's just uh, what's that monologue gonna be like hey i'm up here uh i guess knives out is out on video (laughs) there uh, hopefully he'll play a james bond type character fighting an actual snl cast member dressed as a coronavirus or a corona bottle (laughs) of course yeah it'll be silly uh yeah so i'm curious so this week we'll be telling you know early on in this coronavirus outbreak if people are actually going to the theater because the big disney movie onward comes out and you know pixar is going to make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on their movies but if it does not do well then we'll we'll know but if it does well maybe maybe mgm will say hey we can move this back up i don't i don't know we'll see how it goes but yeah, yeah coronavirus crazy huh very crazy. So I want to talk about uh, two little news stories kind of related to infections and stuff like that because, you know, zombies are usually infected. But so there's a video game called The Last of Us. And if you have not played this, this is one of the coolest, scariest virus zombie outbreak games ever made. And there's a sequel coming out to it video game style. And it's been long awaited the Last of Us is such a great game. It came out in 2013. It's scary as hell and has one of the best opening sequences ever in a movie or video game. And so it looks like HBO and the game creator, Neil Druckmann, as well as the Chernobyl series runner uh, for HBO, Craig Mazin, are teaming up to develop an HBO series based off the game. Which very exciting, and I think Preston would like this game in this TV series because it, it basically there's like this huge zombie virus outbreak that kills the world basically and turns people into these infected zombies, where a like a father survivor uh, comes across a little girl and he tries to smuggle her out of this oppressive military quarantine zone across the U.S. to save her. It's really good. And so uh, I think this will be great given HBO's doing this and the person who's doing Chernobyl. So I'm just very excited about this, The Last of Us. Preston, if you get a chance, YouTube the opening of Last of Us. I mean, I would say buy the video game and play it, but the video to this, the opening like 13 minutes of this video game is insane, and it'll get you ready to see what happens in the movie. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. It's it, No, it's that good. So. Uh, and then the other little piece of news we want to bring up, a little zombiness to you. Uh, it, it's it's interesting, I think. Blue Underground, the Blu-ray home video company, 
which I'm kind of upset about and not upset. It just means I have to buy movies over and over again. But Blue Underground is releasing their first 4K Ultra HD releases with Lucio Fulci Zombie, which will be like the fifth time I own this movie. And then the original. Yes. And then William Lustig's Maniac. And they're all going to be in Dolby Vision, HDR, and Dolby Atmos sounds, which super excited about. And then they're all going to come, I think, with the the whole list of bonus features from previous releases. And I, I'm pretty excited about this, but I'm also like, I got to buy this again because literally maybe six months ago, we had a three-disc collector's edition of Zombie and another Maniac release. So, Preston, are you excited? Are you like, oh, I got to buy this again? Will it look great in 4K? I don't know. Um, I'll put in for a press copy. But I I don't necessarily want to buy it again just because I have the three-disc version of Maniac and Zombie, and I think they're fine. So right. I, they are, I'm okay with that. Yeah, they but yeah, are 4K. It, it is interesting to go from uh, they released a single-disc version, a two-disc version, a three-disc version, and now the 4K version. Right. And I think that three-disc version was a 4K transfer, but it was on Blu-ray. Right. So this must be... So they, it, they should just send the disc replacement. No, I agree. I mean, it's it's going to have the Dolby Atmos and the Dolby Vision with HDR in it, which will probably enhance it a bit. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited about this. So it, it's going to come with the 4K. It's going to come with the Blu-ray. Both of them, unfortunately, just like Scream Factory and Arrow Video, damn it, no digital copy with these. At least yet, I wish. Yeah. Yeah, but, you, you know, they they got to have reason to come out with a, a sixth disc, I guess. Right. Well, you know what? When I asked Scream Factory about it, they said, yeah, we have to pay rights. They have to pay money for additional rights to use it digitally. So yeah. it, it's just like more money. Got to pay Voodoo money or iTunes or something. I don't, yes. I don't know how that works. So uh, so those are coming out. If you if you love Lucio Fulci Zombie and William Lustig's Maniac, they are coming out in 4K in big editions. So we're excited about that, right? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're all right. Yeah, we're all right. Blue Underground. There you go. Getting into the 4K game. So let's move on. We're gonna do, we're we're skipping all the rest of our stuff, and we're just going. We're gonna briefly mention. Some movies that have to deal with infections and outbreaks of diseases, <clears throat> excuse me, and stuff like, you know, if the coronavirus turns into a zombie plague, what you can watch as a movie marathon or uh, prepare and strategize through these movies if an outbreak actually does happen. <laughs> you can watch the Fast and Furious franchise because they love Corona. They look my Corona. Everybody's everybody's uh, emailing Weird Al Yankovic to do a parody of the coronavirus to my Sharona. Of course he is. <laughs> oh, my goodness, it is uh, it is crazy. So Preston, why don't you start us off with a movie you want to recommend to everyone? Dealing with this coronavirus outbreak. Sure. So the one, the number one film that I thought of, and I think it's even been trending online, is uh, 2011's Contagion, directed by Steven Soderbergh. So this is a movie that deals with healthcare professionals, government officials, and just everyday people. It's a big cast. There's like 12 people in the movie, at least, that you know. And they're working to, in the midst of this worldwide epidemic, uh, as the CDC works to find a cure. So um, it's uh, it's one of those issue, issues with a film, I guess, just because they have so many people. You're dealing with so many characters that it can lose some of the emotional uh, bits there. Uh, it's a film that probably could have done much better if it had a smaller cast or if it had more time could probably would have done really well as a, as a mini series, but it's still a very effective film that I've thought about and haven't stopped thinking about since it came out in 2011. 
Um, there's just a lot of relatable qualities to it. It feels very realistic because it's so specific. Like I, I'm no way a scientist, but I feel like I have a pretty good bullshit meter. And I feel that a lot of the process they explain to you throughout the film, uh, feels like that's how it would unfold in real life. And I guess we're beginning to see a lot of, uh, moments like that that are happening right now because of the coronavirus. But the, the idea being that, um, or I guess Kate Winslet's character encapsulates it pretty well. She has her characters, the best in the film, but she has a moment in the, in the film where she throws out this, this, this statistic that I haven't really stopped thinking about. And it involves, uh, how many times we touch her face, uh, throughout the day. Um, I think it's, uh, I can't remember it verbatim, but it, it's a, it's a shit ton. So just know that. And she mentions that we touch a lot of doorknobs. We touch our phone and we don't really wash our phone, our steering wheel and everything like that. So there's just a lot of ways or a lot of things that we just numb ourselves from because it's like everyday routine that we don't think about some of the consequences of, of that. But, you know, you also don't want to live your life being a germaphobe and just then you're ultimately our bubble boy. So, right. Um, it's just a, it's just a, it's a good film. There's a, a nice progression to it. Some small moments that I, um, found truthful. And also I still found some emotional moments to it that it were very impactful to me. For instance, uh, Matt Damon is like the everyday man and he has a daughter and, uh, I think he has two kids maybe, but he has a daughter. And I remember because of the virus outbreak, she isn't, she doesn't, she can't have her school dance or something like that. She wasn't able to have her prom. And so to comfort her, make her feel better. He like put, decorates the house to make it look like it's a prom. So there's like the little sweet moments here and there that feel very human. Um, but then there are people out there that are, you know, wearing lab coats and everything like that, or just doing everything in their power to even Kate Winslet's character who she, uh, spoiler alert, I guess, kind of, but you know, people are going to die in this. Um, she knows that she's infected, but she will, she will not stop until, uh, her last breath to make sure that other people are safe. So there's that, um, there's some uh, logic issues here and there, um, like some things that don't quite add up to me. But overall, I think if uh, there's like an honest approach to a virus, uh, this is one of the best because um, there's the fun ones like the zombie ones that we're probably going to bring up. But I think this is one that feels uh, the most uh, truthful to what's going on in the world today. Yes, yes. No, I like Contagion, too. It's like the Ocean's Eleven of an outbreak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a heist, for sure. No, it, 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 it's pretty similar to Steven Soderbergh's Traffic, to me. I think Traffic's a better film, um, but uh, this one probably has uh, speaks the most about what's going on in the world uh, as of now, or what's hot on people's minds. Yeah. Well, all right, all right. Um, I'm going to mention, my first mention will be 2008's Quarantine, the American remake of the hit Spanish film series Wreck. Uh, this was directed by John Eric Dowdle and written by him as well, along with his brother, and based off the Spanish thing. And it stars Jennifer Carpenter and Jay Hernandez, along with some people you may or may not recognize. Came out in 2008, but I like this movie because it's something that starts small. It's something, uh, and it's a found footage film, so it feels very real. You're, you're, there's like no escape from like a, a wide shot angle per se that you can like be out of it. No, you're always in the thick of this stuff. So it's basically follows a news crew that is making a documentary on a firefighting team. The firefighting team and news crew get a call at this apartment. They go there. There's no fire, but somebody's, you know, not having a good day there. And it turns out somebody is infected with this virus that makes them, that turns them into this zombie-like feature uh, or this zombie-like creature. 
always wanting to kill you and everything. And so what happens is that the police, the government, the CIA, CIA completely quarantine this building. Nobody can get in or out. If somebody tries to get out, you will be shot dead by the authorities outside. And it is very frightening. And, you know, the twist at the end of, you know, where how the outbreak is caused, you know, that could be, you know, something realistic of some sort of person trying to release a contagion in the air. But I think what I like about this is it really shows in such a short amount of time, because it's almost filmed in real time, how quickly people can panic and then try to calm and make rational decisions, but how something so quickly can spread. And I just think this is a perfect example of, you know, something like South by, you know, like what if something like this happens, you know, not like zombie outbreak, but if somebody getting sick and they quarantine a theater and won't let you out for any reason. So I just think, I think this movie is great like that. Did you like this movie? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think I just and I think of having, you know, the the camera documentary crew just kind of documenting everything about it, showing different different people's reactions and how they deal with this is just really cool and uh, something original that for the time, you know, over 10 years ago was great to see on film. So now you're giving me an idea that I should document a lot of what i'm experiencing at south by using like facebook live and then i could call the movie facebook unlive <laughs> you should definitely do that if you go to south by you should absolutely do that just kind of have a little documentary crew have have james cole clay hold the camera you film cole talking about it and see what happens hi my name's Preston Barta, and we're live at the McDonald's event. As you can look inside this tent, it's pretty, uh, pretty uh, empty. Uh, the only thing up there is the DJ, yep. and they're handing out some Big Macs. There you go, some Corona Big Macs. All right, so that 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 was my first one. What about you? What's your second one, Preston? Uh, my second one would be "It Comes at Night." Um, this is directed by Trey Edward Schultz. Most recently he did my favorite movie or the best movie that I thought of last year, uh, 2019, uh, waves. He's a very honest filmmaker. Um, he's dealing with a lot of, uh, issues in his life or trying to wrestle to understand, uh, certain concepts, uh, primarily the death of his father. Um, so this is another movie that taps into that. His first film, Krisha is like a, a domestic uh, family drama. Um, and this one is uh, taps, it transfers over from drama into like a little bit of a, the genre. So um, in this film, uh, while it didn't exactly meet my expectations, because when I watched the trailer, uh, I was like, oh, man, this is like exactly my kind of movie. Um, I thought the same thing when I saw The Village. Uh, when you see the trailer, you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> like this is going to like, what is it going to be? Like, how are they going to scare us and things like that? But yet both The Village and this movie unfold very realistically. However, this one, it comes at night is a little more ambiguous and that can be frustrating to a lot of people because it's like one of those movies that after it's over you're like wait that's it like you're scratching your head to kind of make sense and make head heads or tails of a lot of the things that it presents to you um but ultimately i still find it to be a pretty infectious there we go pun um film uh to me um so the film takes place after this uh Virus wipes out most of civ uh, civilization. Uh, at least that's what the audience can, can conclude from the story. Um, it, the, the movie throws you in the middle of uh, a fearsome situation without much explanation. The disease itself is only scarcely understood by its characters, so it's up to the viewer to sweep up the breadcrumbs and, so to speak, and uh, along the way and make sense of it of it all. But um, it, it stars uh, Joel Edgerton. Uh, Carmen uh, Giogo, 
I believe that's how you pronounce your name. And then uh, Kelvin uh, Harrison Jr., who was uh, the star, one of the stars in Waves. So it's just this family um, trying to survive a global epidemic by living in the woods. And each day creeps by, but they're determined to defeat the outbreak. And uh, their situation escalates when their father or uh, the wife's character played by Jogo's character. Jogo. Sorry. Um, Her father passes away, but he was infected. And so Joe Edgerton can be seen shooting that father happens within the first few minutes of the film and uh, burns the corpse. And so uh, the situation gets even worse when a, um, or I guess more fearsome when another family, uh, an intruder, uh, pops up into their area, uh, played by Christopher Abbott, who I've been told looks exactly like myself. Um, so he's, he's looking for food and shelter for his family and, uh, Riley Keough and, um, I can't remember the kid's name, but, uh, he was pretty good. Um, uh, they're there and they're, they're just trying to find some place to, to hunker down and survive. And, um, so from that point, it becomes like an intense game of paranoia, trust and regret. And that's where the film like really, uh, gets, uh, exciting and scary is because you just don't know who to trust. You, you'd like to think that you like these people, but you might just like, as you were hinting at with the South by Southwest, when somebody's coughing, you're like, Oh shit. Nope. Got to get them the fuck out of here. Um, so, uh, stuff like that happens in this and it's just like, no, no, we're okay. And, 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 uh, you know, ultimately you're looking out for your family, even if they're infected or not, um, you got to do what's best. And so you want to be by their side. So it's, it's heartbreaking in that sense. Um, so, but there's a lot of things that happen throughout the film that, um, that you can't quite, like I said, make, make sense of but um it it unfolds in a pretty realistic way it's just that it i may have felt a little underwhelmed by the experience by the end but it's something that i've grown to appreciate more and more as the years have gone on so um it's a pretty it's a pretty decent movie um just maybe moderate your expectations a little bit and then just enjoy the ride after um with your wrestling with your own thoughts. Um, so that's, it comes at night and I believe it came out in 2014, maybe let me check that. It comes at night, come out 2017 way off Samsonite. Okay. So 2017, it comes at night. I'm going for a very unrealistic movie too. world war Z made in 2013, it is the highest grossing infection virus zombie movie ever made, making over $540 million at the box office, directed by Mark Forrester, and having a a treasure trove of amazing writers, including Drew Goddard, Damon Lindelof, uh, Michael Straczynski, and Matthew Michael Carnahan, writing and storing this Movie that was based on Max Brooks's uh, Max Brooks's book of the same name, which was far better than the movie. Max Brooks being the son of Mel Brooks, yes, that Mel Brooks, and starring Brad Pitt. Crazy. So this is another zombie movie and uh, an infection film, and it they do some things right here, but a lot of it's very wrong. And it just, it's so ridiculous in Hollywood. And, oh my goodness, even Brad Pitt stops in the middle of a zombie outbreak to take a drink of a Pepsi. It's ridiculous. So what I like about this movie is the sheer panic and chaos of an infection that can cause worldwide destruction in a matter of 10 minutes. (laughs) And somebody trying to figure out how to solve it and how uh, to get a cure for this infection quickly. And how they get there is ludicrous and ridiculous and over the top and doesn't make any sense. And if we're dealing with zombies, you know, zombies really can't run even though they're scarier when they run. It just doesn't make scientific sense if they can. So... I like this movie for the fact of just the sheer 
outbreak status of it, how quickly it can happen, how quickly people can panic and turn on each other, and then how focusing on a cure, which I really like in this film, that aspect of it. And even how stupid or real it may seem, I just like where it went. You know, it's not as silly as Independence Day where you give the alien technology a virus, a cold. (laughs) But it's along the same lines as that. But it's not that silly. It actually is like, oh, this makes sense. You know, this is not an end-all, be-all cure for it, but it might help out and slow down the outbreak from whoever's not already infected. And I like that aspect about it. And you know what? This movie's still fun to watch popcorn-wise, even though it's dumb. And it's great to see a zombie movie in the vein of a big blockbuster or $200 million budget, basically. I mean, I like that. With Brad Pitt in it, no less. The book is far better because it just kind of is an oral history of the zombie outbreak. And they didn't go that way here. But maybe at some point they will. But I just like that aspect of it. Uh, It's just very horrific, especially in the first opening 10 minutes. Uh, But yeah, Preston, did did you like World War Z a little bit? Yeah, I saw it that one time in theaters and really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it since. I no, saw it that really. one time. No, I remember <laughs> liking it. I just haven't felt the, the impulse to check it out again. Uh, I was uh, gearing up for it a little bit when David Fincher was in talks to do a sequel, but now that's been shot dead. And anytime they've mentioned a sequel to this, it's just hasn't quite come to fruition at all right. um yeah but yeah i enjoyed it i i i always look for uh, we, we talk about this quite often on the podcast when we're looking what sort of things that we look for in a zombie movie when there's a new one and one of the things that appealed to me when i saw the trailer is just the movement of the zombies like uh you know with 28 days 28 days later they start running yes. and then uh, with this one, they start crawling up walls like ants and it's t- or rats and it's terrifying. Yes. Even though it's so over the top, silly, ridiculous, yeah, it is yeah, terrifying. Yeah. yeah, no, I get it. Well, we'll I'll talk about that uh, on my final pick. But uh, your, what, what's your final third pick in this special news bulletin? My bloody podcast, Coronavirus. My uh, final film will be Cabin Fever 2002. <laughs> yes, uh, the original one. Yes, the original one. Um, this movie is a lot of fun uh, for being so damn disturbing. Um, so it, it, it's it's fun for people who are big fans of Evil Dead just because, you know, this group of, uh, group of college kids going out to uh, a cabin in the woods to hang out. And they make uh, all the wrong decisions along the way. And it gets uh, shit gets bananas. Uh, so that's like the, the the nutshell version of it. But uh, there's a lot of fun things that happen along the way. Like it has the 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 signature moment of them stopping at a gas station to just get stuff that you know they just get stuff you know. And then there's a kid that uh, bites one of their hands and um, for and a lot of random things that just happen later on in the film when that kid. Uh, pops up again uh he starts doing like kung fu moves out of nowhere yes Um, it's so funny (laughs) yeah there's a lot of moments like that that happen throughout the film that you're just like what the hell can can you Uh, imagine eli roth just like oh we got this kid who can do this let's just have that in the movie because he's like i really love yeah he just wanted to make his kitchen sink movie i guess uh (laughs) he's like a fan of evil dead zombie movies and uh Body horror films, kung fu, just throw it all in there. It may not make sense, but it'll be entertaining. Um, so that's pretty much what it is. Uh, then there's like a lot of stupid things. Uh, uh, Ryder Strong from uh, 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 Boy Meets World fame. He there's like a moment where one of the guys that is infected. Um, it happens in the early in the movie where this this guy is just looking at this dead coyote or wolf and opens up or dog and then opens up the 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 leg and then it spews blood in his face and so he's infected and then uh, that causes a lot of panic when they run into the guy later as they're just trying to enjoy hanging out and uh, they ultimately set the guy on fire (laughs) 
and then he uh, the body falls to the the riverside or the pond wherever they get uh, their water from. So as an audience member, it gets exciting because you're like, oh shit, it's about to go all wrong because they're going to start drinking the water, taking showers, shave their legs, and uh, skin will start ripping off. So there's a lot of cool like practical effects that happen in the film. They're pretty exciting, uh, especially by the end of the film where things really start to escalate and there's just, uh, uh, you know, you have no mouth anymore. It's just your teeth and you just look like a skeleton, um, something out of a David Fincher 7 movie or something. Um, so uh, just from all those things rolled into one and then it unfolds in such a way where it's like setting up sequels and I never saw any of the sequels, but I like when movies like dangle that out there, whether they make it or not, like it follows, they haven't made an, it follows sequel, but they ends in such a way where, uh, I like to just create sequels in my head, um, whether they go the way that I want them to or not. So it's just ultimately a very satisfying film that taps very, very much puts its finger on, uh, the pulse of the, of the epidemic genre or virus genre that, and, uh, has a lot of fun with it. No, I, no, I love that movie and I've seen the sequels and the remake and I've reviewed them and they're not as good, but they're, they're fun. I, I enjoy them. They're fun. So, cool. yeah. So, and then my last pick, of course, we mentioned it just a little bit ago, 28 days later, directed by the amazing Danny Boyle and written by the fantastic Alex Garland. Starring Cillian Murphy and Brendan Gleeson and Christopher Exliston. And this was the outbreak, contagion, epidemic, zombie film that changed the entire realm of outbreak in zombie movies. You know, before this movie came out in 2002, zombie movies kind of had an aspect of, okay, zombies walk slowly it takes an hour or six hours for them to turn from human to the dead to the undead it you know it's a slow moving pace that george romero created back then and then when danny boyle came along he's like what can we do let's flip it on the reverse and have the infected turn within three seconds Instead of walking, let's have them run at full speed. And, you know, that it really changed. And it was super terrifying and scary. And what we got was this interesting, which which many movies parody now and mention in a silly way, but how the infection got out, this virus got out, this virus was called Rage, rage. And it turned people into these angry, zombie-like creatures that just wanted to kill you. Maybe not necessarily eat you, but definitely destroy you in a vicious manner. And it, w- it would turn you into zombie-like, uh, like catatonic state, basically. And what w- what transpired to how that happened was the this scientist was working on this disease or this virus called rage, and of course. Uh, PETA, <laughs> the group, the horrible group PETA and uh, hippies broke into this lab because they think they were hurting animals and they released uh, the virus in the form of a monkey who had it and it bit people and it, if you turn in three seconds, it infected like 10 people within less than a minute and then they go out in England, in London and, you know, Within 28 days, like the movie said, 28 days later, it's basically a ghost town. Everybody's dead with the remaining maybe few survivors. And it's kind of takes place with these few survivors just trying to survive, get away from these infected people. And they end up at a military base where they hear on the radio that it's safe. But, of course, it's not safe. These military personnel are just looking to have sex with women and boss people around. It's not good, so it turns in kind of to a human versus human thing uh, alongside uh, the zombie outbreak. And I just think it's a just a great look at maybe something realistically that could happen. So not, you know... 
being infected within three seconds completely. But, you know, this shows like if something like coronavirus mutates and gets into something worse, like, oh, my goodness, this could really be something. So I, I like this movie so much. The sequel, 28 Weeks Later, had its good moments. A lot of really good moments. I would even say the, the first helicopter. opening. Yeah, yeah, the first opening 10, 15 minutes is amazing. In the helicopter scene and everybody's wanting the 28 months later, which Danny Boyle has been hinting at doing. So we'll see. But I think these six movies we've mentioned today are a good start if you want to have a coronavirus and a corona. Sorry, your sales are not doing too well. Uh, uh-huh. Marathon, movie marathon. So I, I think, you know, this little special update on the coronavirus is a fun little episode, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just kind of piecing all this together and thinking about it, uh, I'm, I'm a little more scared now. <laughs> That's not going to stop Preston. If Preston, we, we do wish Preston well, please text him uh, all the time if he goes to South by Southwest next week. And hopefully he will be posting, uh, you know, special reports on the coronavirus outbreak. And I'm curious on like how it's going to be. Is it going to be a ghost town at South by? Is it just going to be half filled theaters? I don't know. But Preston, if he attends, will report on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I imagine it will be a little more, a little emptier, uh, sadly. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'll even get a call because I put in to do a panel that might say, hey, actually, would you like to do your panel now? <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's there. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, you're you're talking to two people, maybe. But maybe, maybe if people cancel, you'll have a full house. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, come learn about film criticism. Amid coronavirus. Hell yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'll title it. Am I dumb for coming here? <laughs> I like it. Uh, are that you is, stupid for coming here? Yeah, yeah, are we stupid for coming here? Dude, sweet. I like it. So that is our special My Bloody Podcast episode for this week. We'll be back next week with an all-new regular format show. We might even have some amazing talent on our program next week. We're working that out as we speak. And then, of course, I will have updates in the next week or two about our live shows going live in person. I can't wait to tell you all about it. It is going to be wonderful. But Preston and Brian Kluger here, we wish you the best. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Wash your feet. Hide your kids. I'm Brian Kluger. You can find me at boomstickcomics.com, highdefdigest.com, and now new screenrant.com. Very excited about that. And Preston, they can find you all over the CDC government's website and you porn, right? Yep. I'm, I am like a virus myself, the Preston virus. <laughs> so you can find me on freshfiction.tv where I'm the features editor. And then you can find some of my reviews and things of that, interviews and stuff like that on Ditton Record Chronicle, which is DittonRC.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and uh, Instagram where I probably will be updating the most. Uh, yeah, don't text me. You don't have my number. What the hell is wrong with you, Brian? Uh, give it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't piss me off, man. <laughs> don't um, piss me off, man. <laughs> So, yeah, you can follow me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Preston Barta, B-A-R-T-A. There you go. Uh, Awesome. We love you guys. Be safe. And we'll be back next week. My Bloody Podcast, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We'll be back next week. Have the silver corona.